0: Hey friends, it's Candy Barone. Welcome to the show. So let me ask you, are you ready to say yes to yourself? Are you ready to live your life lit and lead your living legacy? Then you stopped at the right place. Buckle up because here we go. It's about to get raw, real, unscripted, unfiltered, and we're about to jump down some amazing rabbit holes. Let's do this, y'all. Let's get aligned as fuck. Starting to talk about transition and particularly my story, I know a lot of you have asked, you know, how did I make the decision to go from corporate to what I'm doing now? And what was interesting is before I started to think about what I wanted to talk about in that space, um, I started to think about the imposter syndrome and um, started to realize that it was important for us to have a conversation about that first, uh, because I think for some people there's a fear, uh, especially when you have something that's calling to you. And for some of you that have made the transition that are on here, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you that even haven't made the, the transition probably can relate to a lot of this. And what happens is we get caught up oftentimes watching what other people are doing and seeing the A-track, as I like to call it, of what we perceive is happening for other people, whether it be social media, whether it be the way they're showing up, what they're saying. And oftentimes we play this comparison game where we feel like we're inadequate in comparison. And we feel like, good morning, good morning, Winnie. Um, And so we have this space where oftentimes we're feeling like we're a fake, we're a fraud. And I know for me, it's interesting. I was reading something recently that talked about Boys and girls have the same level of like aggressive, you know, wide open, audacious energy up until the age of about four years old. Then we start putting cultural norms. Then we start telling boys they're not allowed to be emotional, girls they're not allowed to be aggressive, whatever the, the ways we've been conditioned and we play in that space. But up until about the age of the four. Boys and girls show up about the same way. They have the same kind of level of, you know, audacity. They're, they go after what they want. They know who they are. And I think about even as a child, I think about good morning. I think about um, I was fearless. I really truly was fearless. I was the kid that climbed trees. I was the kid that, I mean, there was nothing I was afraid of um, growing up um, as an early child. I can remember and, and know when some of those influences hit. In fact, I remember my grandmother telling my mom once or telling me once, you know, young ladies don't sit on chairs that way. Young ladies don't climb trees. And I wasn't aiming to sass my grandmother I was just being very black and white at that time and I simply said I'm curious I never asked to be a young lady so why is that the metric that we're you know I mean I didn't quite say it as a kid I just said I didn't ask to be a young lady and I remember my mom saying don't sass your grandmother I thought it was always interesting that there was this assumption that I was going to be this young lady, and therefore I had to follow these rules. And so those were things that I remember hearing. Um, Oh, yeah, imposter syndrome is the thief of joy. Absolutely. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Deborah. Ooh, I love it. We have a full house this morning. Um, So, yeah, so I start thinking about when I started to second guess myself. And the imposter syndrome really is connected into that space of self-doubt that space of having a lack of self-worth that space of allowing and last night on yes monthly we got into a really deep uh, training around how we internalize the opinions of others right and so sometimes we don't even realize that it's almost a a subconscious it's kind of like by osmosis at times that over time we keep hearing the same messages we keep seeing the same messages and so you know to go back to some things we've talked about before Four, when we look at where our beliefs and programming come from, it comes from the conditioning that's happened based on what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've experienced. And so good morning, Shirley. So when we're in that space, there are are doubts that start to get placed in, right? There's a narrative. There's a story that we start to tell ourselves. And it starts to say, I'm not enough. I'm not enough in this capacity. I'm not as good as that other person. Therefore, I must be a fraud. And I think about when this really started to play into effect for me. And I mean, I had... Instances of it in other places, like in in elementary school, and middle school, and high school, in particular. Um, but I was so fueled with wanting to get out of my current situation that I think I just went heads down and was like, "I don't care what it takes, I'm getting out of here. I will study anything I got to study. I will do the work. I will go out. I'm going to college. I'm getting out of my hometown. I'm getting out of my family situation. I mean, I was so wired for finding a way out." That I don't think I got caught up in the imposter syndrome until I really got to college and I think about you know and, and many of you know I'm a mechanical engineer by degree and there's still times I am NOT even kidding I think about the fact that I worked three jobs when I was in college I played soccer um, I ran for organizations Herbie and I actually ran a couple of organizations together um, so I had a very active role good morning song um, Yes, I figured that you guys could connect and relate to this today, right? We all have some sense of imposter syndrome. Almost every person that I'm gonna talk about what, what are the common thoughts we have and what are the kind of classifications of where imposter syndrome shows up? And this is important because if you're thinking about transitioning, sometimes you're like, well, I can't do that. I'm not as good as that person. I don't have enough expertise. I don't have, and whatever that negative framing, that filter is that you're creating, it's coming from that space of not enough, that space of who am I to think I could do this, right? And I remember in college, and I mean, like I said, I had three jobs, I ran four organizations, I played soccer. I played softball my first freshman year. So it wasn't like, I, and I walked out of there with a B average. And I will tell you still to this day, I mean, I graduated in 95. Ooh. Uh, still to this day there are times that I feel like I'm inadequate when it comes to having a mechanical engineering degree. I feel like I didn't earn it. I feel like because I had a photographic memory, it's how, and I will tell you some of the way that we structure our learning environment, some of the way school's structured, um, I truly think sets us up to create more of that imposter syndrome. Cause there's very little, I remember of my engineering studies. Um, Yes. I know how to think, certain ways yes I know processes I'm also a Six Sigma black belt so I've done you know graduate level statistics and I've done this whole like quality control and yet there are times that I feel so inept and I feel so inadequate like I have no business having a a bachelor science degree in mechanical engineering on my wall like I have no business having an MBA on my wall there are times that I feel like I don't know how I earned these achievements. Because for me, it either was a space of, I feel like I had, and I've always been one of those people and call it a blessing or a curse, I think it's both. I had a photographic memory. I still do. I'm one of those people, especially when I'm like rain man, when it comes to numbers and those things, if I see a pattern, if I see the way words are written, if I see numbers, once I see it, I can't let go of it. So I literally used to take tests in engineering school where I'm like, Oh, that was on page eight of my notes. And I would physically like visually flip the pages of my notebook in my mind. And I'm like, page eight of my notes. I wrote it in the corner. I drew a box around it, focus on that corner, focus what did it say. And then I would verbatim write down because there was a pattern in the way I took notes again, little, uh, little rain manish, Right. And so then I would take the test and it was like, it was gone. If it was something that didn't feel like it needed to drop in, I feel like I just released it. It was like, I re- remembered it, regurgitated it and then purged it. And so I don't feel like that's a learning. And I feel like there's times that I'm like, I couldn't tell you squat about engineering at this point. I couldn't tell you an equation. I couldn't, now I probably could sit down and do calculus because I do have a mind for math. Um, That being said, I probably could put any principles in place with the exception of the second law of thermodynamics thermodynamics, because the second law of thermodynamics is actually the law of attraction. And because I'm interested in the law of attraction and because I love the way energy, matter can neither be created nor destroyed, energy that goes out must come back, which is fundamentally the second law of thermodynamics. It's the law of attraction, and because it has meaning and it has context that is something I apply, I feel like I know that to my core. Anything I couldn't tell you what the first law of thermodynamics is, that's how crazy that is, right? And so I think about the fact that we've created this space oftentimes where even in our learning, we set ourselves up to feel inadequate because there's, and and I could get on a whole, and I will probably do this one day, get on a whole topic around why I think our current education system is broken and why I really get on board with opportunities to seek out personal growth and professional growth online and looking at the whole knowledge business. arena and how it's changing because it's interesting to me and I love the way Dean Graciosi says it the only thing that's effectively changed in colleges is the fact that they've swapped out the blackboard for a whiteboard Um, and it was interesting to me I spoke at Duke last year and the way the classrooms are set up, the way some of the teachers are still teaching, I'm like, wow, they were doing this 30 years ago. And I think about how technology's changed, how we have as a culture, while sometimes progressed into different opportunities and possibilities and we're still teaching in these same, very constricted, very, restricted oftentimes ways of learning and i feel like in many cases that is exactly what's setting us up to have the space of that imposter syndrome to feel like a fraud because if you don't happen to be someone who learns in that context then there's all this shaming and there's all this this pressure put on you to say well then you're not smart enough I, in fact, love the teachers that are stepping up right now that are like, look, this standardized test doesn't prove anything about whether or not you're intelligent. Because here's the other thing. I got A's in school. I went to engineering school. And I will tell you, I never did well on any standardized test. I took the ACT three times, got a 20. Three, all three times. The first two times I studied my ass off and like worked and still got a 23. The third time I'm like, I just, I actually paid to prove a point to myself and I just went through and randomly started filling out dots. Got the same exact score I got the first two times. So it proves nothing. Also, I will tell you, if you're someone that actually thinks about things and can look at things from multiple perspectives, those tests are not measuring anything because honestly, in most cases, the answers on those tests, every one of them can be true in the right context. And I found that out when I used to challenge one of my professors at engineering school when I was taking business law, Larry Schmidemann and I would get in the hall many, many, many times arguing the tests he would give because they would be true, false, or multiple choice for business law. And I would say, well, this answer is not right because this also is true. And he's like, well, 80% of the time, I'm like, that's not what this question asks. It asks a a plain statement that says, is this, this or this? And I said, no, because in this context, it's not true. He's like, okay, well, I wasn't looking at it that way. I'm like, doesn't matter, that's not the question asked, and I can tell you why every one of these answers is right, given the right context and depending on how I choose to look at it. So if you're going to really test me on this material, do short answers and do essay, which of course my classmates were not thrilled with. Don't put things down. But what happens is we create this very arbitrary space to gauge our own progress, to gauge our, gauge our own success. And we create this space where most people feel as if they're a fraud. They feel like they're an imposter. And in many cases, it is the thing that's holding you back from stepping forward into that transition that is your next. For those of you that have been like, and I had a conversation just yesterday, corporate safe. I don't feel like I'm fulfilled there. I don't feel like I'm happy there, but it's safe. And is it really safe? Because there's no such thing as job security. For all of you that think there's job security, there's no such thing. Especially when you work for someone else or even when you work for yourself. The only way that there's real security is when you create financial freedom for yourself. Now, it's not to say that you can't be in corporate. You can work in corporate and be investing and creating leveraged income and passive income and other things for yourself in other capacities. If, however, you're putting all your eggs in that basket to say, well, I'm going to be loyal to this company, therefore, you've seen it over and over and over again on a dime someone can cut you out at the knees. There's no such thing as security when you hand your power over to someone else. And so I want you to realize that as we kind of dig into a little bit of this around the imposter syndrome. Let me see what you guys are saying here. Uh, Martha, also a sense of scarcity. Yes, it absolutely comes from a sense of scarcity. Someone else is already doing that better than I ever could. No room for me in that line of business. Yes, and what you don't realize under, under, what you don't realize and understand is the fact that, it hasn't been put in the world with your thumbprint. It hasn't been put in the world with your voiceprint. We could, Martha and I right now, could be saying the same thing. We could use the exact words. We could even use the same mannerisms. We could be in a, a room full of people and Martha and I could both be on that stage and I guarantee, there will be some people that resonate with me and there will be some people that resonate with Martha. And here's the thing, it has nothing to do with what we're putting out there. It has to do with our energetic blueprint. It has to do with who we are and who we are drawing in simply from the fact that it's an energetic match. That is something that no one else can put out there but you. And when you recognize that, yes, there, there's no such thing as original thought. There's nothing that hasn't been done in most cases. And there's nobody that's put it out there with your spin on it. There's nobody that's put it out there with your passion, your, your perspective around it. It's one of the reasons that makes the knowledge business um, arena so powerful is when you can extract from other teachers, I stand on the giant. On the shoulders of giants before me. I look at the work of Brendan Burchard and Brene Brown and Oprah and Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins and Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and any of my other teachers or any communities I play in, I have learned from all of them because something about the way they taught that spoke to me. And then what I do oftentimes for you is I bring it into a perspective I feel might be meaningful for you. And there's so much power in that because here's the thing I get people. In fact, I'm about to launch um, my facilitator coach certification or facilitator coach training certification program here in two weeks. And so to teach people to kind of do what I'm doing in their own space. And I get a lot of people that like candy, teach me to be you. My response is always no. And most people are like, ouch, wow. And I said, no, hear what I'm going to say. My answer is I'm not going to teach you to be me. I will give you everything I've extracted. I will give you the systems, the processes, all the tools I have, and I'm gonna teach you to be you in that space. Because anytime you go out there, this is a big reason why the imposter syndrome is so prevalent, is because we go out and try to mimic someone else. We go out and try to copy. We go out and try to be exactly like them instead of putting our own spin on it, instead of putting our own perspective, our own flavor, our own heart into it. Nobody... And I don't say this from an egotistical standpoint. I say this from a truth standpoint. There is nobody that can do what I do the way I do it. And there is nobody that can do what you do the way you do it. I don't care if there's 5,000 other coaches out there doing what I do they still can't do it with my voice print with my perspective with my passion and with that energetic field that is only mine that is very unique you are a snowflake in that space you are the unicorn right whatever you want to call um yes second law of thermodynamics equal law of attraction absolutely it's the only reason why i remember that um martha teaching Watch the creative brain on Netflix. Ooh, I'm gonna have to check that one out. Thank you, I appreciate that. Good morning, Barb. Uh, Martha, always gotta look at QBQ. Yes, the question behind the question, and yes, it drives others nuts. Yeah, here's the thing, because there's people out there, I'm one of those, I wanna keep peeling back the layers, right? I will ask why a million times. Um, I will ask how that's working for you. You wanna keep asking until you drill down to something that's really meaningful, right? That's not everybody's stance on how they wanna coach or how they wanna work with people, great. There are reasons why certain people are attracted to me, and there's reasons why certain people are repelled by me. Either way, none of that is my any of my business. I only need to show up in my authenticity and understand where the imposter syndrome is getting in the way. Because here's the thing, and let me see, uh, Carol, imposter syndrome for me can also be tied to cultural appropriation Fear. Practicing Arbeida, Indian medicine can open up for criticism and attack. Absolutely. And I will tell you, the more I step into the spiritual plane, the more I step into work from um, uh, Lao Tzu, from um, Hafiz, from the work of old philosophers. And um, when you get into, I mean, even interpreting the Course in Miracles, right? Conversations with God, that can all be subject because someone will say, who do you think you are? You're not a spiritual teacher. So I understand that when Carol says, wow, you're practicing, you know, Eastern philosophy, Eastern medicine, from a Western standpoint, who do you think you are? And here's the thing, it doesn't matter when people say, who do you think you are? Because oftentimes, and this goes into the training we did last night, That who do you think you are is their projection of their own fear and their own probably imposter syndrome kicking in a high gear as well. Yes. I love our haters, man. I love that. I love our haters. Um, our haters open up so much opportunity for us and our haters aren't about us. Our haters are oftentimes opportunities to bring people in, um, over time who just are, are, are fearful of what they're witnessing are in their own spin of imposter syndrome. And so here's the things I want you to consider when you think about the imposter syndrome. Here's the typical feelings or or things that tend to show up around the imposter syndrome. One is the feeling that you've never, you haven't earned your success. Like somehow it was, it was gifted to you or somehow you got lucky um, or by chance it just happened. I mean, there are seriously times still 30 years later when I'm looking at, or 20 years later, how did I graduate from engineering school? How do I have this degree? I don't feel like I'm adequate in that space. There's that feeling of being a fraud, of a fake, of a phony, right? That people are going to find out. How many of you, especially in the corporate sector, because the, the culture is so prevalent in this space, this the, the this space of walking around going, they're going to find out that I don't know how to do this job. They're going to find out that I got hired, that I don't know how I, I just somehow snuck in to this company and I don't know what I'm doing because there's so much pressure on things that are completely irrelevant um things that are ridiculous oftentimes and the amount of work that's expected the throughput there's times that we find ourselves repeatedly in a space of questioning I don't even know if I can do this there are so many people I remember um especially some of the women when I worked at GE when I left to go work at Northwestern Mutual, one of the women who ended up being a GM at some point, she's like, I don't know if I could ever leave GE, I just don't think I'd be qualified. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? If you can succeed at GE, which by the way, in that environment, especially when I was there, you had to put out 300% to succeed and actually be at a level that was comparable to some of the men there. You can succeed at GE, which has a culture at then, which was winding and and turn, and some things in that space. Um, and in those those really heavy you know environments, and there's a lot of those, and there's things shifting there, and they're working on some things. But when I was there, you know, ten years ago, I was like, if you can succeed here, there's no way you could succeed anywhere else. And we get caught up in that. I know, but I feel like I got lucky to be here. I feel like I got. And when you can play in those environments and not own how you're succeeding or how you're showing up in that space, um, you start to create that that feeling of. Of, of being a fraud, of, of feeling like you're not adequate in that space, you feel like everyone else knows what they're doing except for you. Which I will tell you that if you were to survey most people and get them into a really truthful, honest space, 99% of the people would tell you they don't have a clue what they're doing either. Um, that's that's the that's the so the interesting or the powerful space is that almost everybody suffers from imposter syndrome yet we think we're the only ones we think we have to do this alone um and we feel like we don't deserve our accolades right so if you think about the space of what shows up from our typical comments let's see song i learned this at a very young age that when i was in school for neuromuscular therapy and very famous and amazing neuromuscular teacher looked at the class of 43 and told them to go to get out of the box and pointed at me and said, accept you because you never saw the box. Being my authentic self sometimes gets me in trouble. Yeah, I used to, I used to. yeah, that whole being in the box thing. Um, you're too this, you're too that. I think I've told you guys that before. Those are examples of your strengths, of the things that are really compelling for you. And um, it's always interesting to me. When I was in engineering school, I remember one of my professors going, look to the left, look to the right. Only one of the three of you will be here on graduation day. And I'm like, wow, that's such a wonderful thing to tell people. With, with do is most cultures corporate cultures university cultures they're looking to see who they're gonna break in the system and so that already creates a space of scarcity and fear that already creates a space of saying I'm not enough if I'm competing against a spot against someone else then oh my god they must be better than me and so we're constantly in that space of thinking from a fixed mindset thinking about well I either have it or I don't and so some of the common thoughts that show up when you're when the, the imposter syndrome is prevalent, is I must not fail, which leads to the space of I need to be a perfectionist, which by the way, is an addictive, addictive syndrome in itself. Um, It is absolutely as debilitating as alcoholism and other things. Those of you that feel like you always have to be perfect, you are putting so much stress and there is so much you're putting on yourself in terms of not feeling adequate, not feeling like you're enough. Um, That that sense of perfectionism shows up because we have this notion and when we're stuck in the imposter syndrome of I cannot fail there's no room for failure which is an extremely fixed mindset and when you're in that space it doesn't allow you opportunity to grow you're not even willing to grow and go into the arena because you're like nope failures off the table and so if I fail they're gonna see that I'm weak if I fail they're gonna know I don't know what's going on and you'll never ask for help in that space either because you are insistent upon I cannot fail which is one of the common thoughts that throws shows up when you're in that imposter that imposter your state. Um, I will feel like a faker, phony. If I do this, this is going to go against everything um, I know to be true for myself. And sometimes that's going back and rewiring that narrative that you're telling yourself. Is that really the truth about you? Or is that the story that you've contrived over the years? Because you've let other people feed their opinions in, you've let other people shit all over you, you let whatever show up um, there's an opportunity for you to say, is this the story that I want today? And I love the way Oprah says it, right? This narrative changes today. And so think about whether or not that narrative is serving you um, forward. It all comes down to luck. This is all by chance. It either, you know, I'm either going to get picked for this or not has nothing to do with my own skills and talent. And then we tell ourselves sometimes, well, success isn't a big deal because then we want to cop out. We want to say, well, it doesn't matter anyway. So it's okay if I'm not, if I don't feel like I'm you know, playing authentically or it's okay if I feel like a phony because it doesn't matter anyway. And so we try to like detach ourselves from real meaning and real fulfillment in those spaces. And so the five types of imposter syndrome that show up are like I just said, the perfectionist, um, the person that feels like there is no room for failure, that everything has to be done to a certain level of performance instead of recognizing that good is good enough and Perfect is the enemy of great. We need to be able to stand in a place to to release ourselves from this need of not being able to fall down. Falling down is strength. Getting back up is even stronger. Not allowing yourself to have any failure whatsoever. You are not growing. That is a space of weakness and it's incredibly selfish for you and others that are impacted in that space. The other is the notion you've gotta be Superman or Superwoman, right? Like you have to take on all the problems for the world. You're the person that comes in, early, you're the first person that comes in the morning and you're the last person that leaves at night. You're the person that's going to work harder than anybody. You're the person that's going to show that you're putting in the blood, sweat and tears and you become a martyr in that space. And people that have the imposter syndrome burn themselves out on every level because they feel like they've got to be seen as the person that's putting in more work. You know what? Really smart people know how to focus on the right priorities. And if they get their work done, I used to have team members. I'm like, look, if you get it done in six hours a day, awesome. Then leave and go live your life. I don't expect it's taking you 14 hours a day to do your work. Something's not right. You either have too much on your plate or we're not putting you in the things that are actually allowing you to play to your highest and best value. It shouldn't take you. Human beings are not designed to work. 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, 14. Actually, studies continue to show that four to six hours of real intentional, purposeful work is about the most we can do and play at our highest and best level. So when you're sitting and going into work at six in the morning and staying there till nine at night, for what? You're burning yourself out, you're half-assing things, and you're, you're trying to create an image that says, look, I'm committed, I'm here, because you've got that imposter syndrome that's just you know, perpetuating through you. Natural genius, this is really something showing up a lot with millennials, they feel like they have to be a natural genius, like they either are gonna have the skill set or they're not. There's a fixed mindset in the space of, look, I'm either a really good basketball player or I'm not. I shouldn't have to practice for it. And so there's this space of, look, if I don't have the skills, then I guess I can't do this. And people cop out, because there's this space of, well, I'm not a natural genius, I couldn't possibly learn the skills or the discipline to create what I want. When you are transitioning, that is really prevalent because it shows up and people are like, well, I don't know how to do email marketing. I don't know how to do video. Look, I didn't. you go back and look at some of my first videos like four or five years ago. They are ridiculous. And. I just showed up. I got really comfortable getting on camera. I, in fact, most of what I do is on camera now because I like having the space to engage and interact. But to say that I was a proficient at that to start with, that's crazy. When you first started to walk, you weren't running marathons. It doesn't happen that way. And so you need to realize that you, most of the time there's very few things that we have a natural genius. We need to learn. We can learn character skills. We can learn, Discipline, we can learn uh, tools and skill sets that allow us to level up. Um, Those are opportunities, but we get into a mindset that says, well, if I don't have it, then therefore I'm never gonna get it, um, which is really limiting. The next one is the soloist. We think you gotta go at it alone. This is really big for entrepreneurs because the imposter syndrome is so strong, they isolate themselves. This is where I get in trouble sometimes. I don't want people to know that I'm failing. I don't want people to know that I'm like, flailing around and my arms are like, holy crap, what is going to happen? Oh my God, what if they see that? I don't know what my legs are. I'm the duck, right? The legs are going underwater. Um, and so what I do is I'll isolate. When I'm most vulnerable, I want to isolate. And so we think we have to go at it alone. And then the last one is the expert. This is when you are comparing yourself on what and how much you know and do compared to someone else. You were like, well, I know this, this, and this, and they only know that. And it's this whole space of I'm an expert versus them or they're an expert versus me, and it's about a quantity game. It's about the stuff, which is a huge space in corporate. Um, I had many reviews that was all about how much stuff I could put out, which had no value whatsoever, but it was about the quantity of stuff and so somehow we get locked in well i'm a, i'm more of an expert if i'm just turning and burning and whining and grinding and putting these things out there and it's why you see some people flailing and they're like they're 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 just blowing up social media and everything else because they feel like they've got to keep putting stuff real consistent, real solid messages are more powerful than that. So I share that because as we start talking about transitions and we start going into that space, it's important that we look at where is the imposter syndrome getting in your way and it shows up and trust me, I still have things that show up. Um, It's really easy, be an entrepreneur, you want imposter syndrome to like rear it's ugly head. Ooh, it shows up quite a bit. So Jason, uh, I often never start because after I plan it to death, Determine I can't make it perfect enough to complete, um, to compete or complete. Um, yes. And so think about where you're stalling yourself, where you procrastinate, where you're copping out, where you're not stepping into something that gives you fire and passion and energy because you're so caught up in, I need to make it perfect. This isn't good enough. This isn't where I think about those things, those missed opportunities in your life. And we talked about that yesterday when you get into a space of, um, to ask yourself, what's the cost of me not doing this? What's the cost of me not taking that opportunity, not taking that risk, right? And so Jason, I appreciate you sharing that because that's incredibly vulnerable and it's an opportunity to create that awareness to say, okay, I recognize this in myself, do I wanna change that narrative today, right? How do I start to realize, because here's the thing, You are perfect in every aspect of who you are. You are on the perfect journey for what you need to accomplish. You are in the perfect space to attract and learn and and extract the information that you need. You're in a perfect place to use your voice as it is right now. For some of you that have been thinking about transition and you get really caught up in, well, I don't know when the right time is. The right time is when the fire is burning within you. It's not waiting till all your ducks are in a row. You keep waiting for things to be all perfectly lined up for everything to show up on a silver platter and for the nod of somebody to come with a magic wand to say, I bestow upon you the permission to move forward, you are going to wait your entire life. The worst thing you can do in your life, in my opinion, is to sit on your deathbed and wonder what if, to, to wonder if I only woulda, coulda, shoulda. When you, and as Wayne Dyer says, to leave this earth with your music still inside of you, to die with your music still inside of you. There are things that light you up. And if they light you up, then they are gifts that have been given to you to share into the world. It is part of your song. It is part of your the, you being the lighthouse. And who cares if there's 5,000 people out there doing the same thing? Nobody can do it the way you can. And that in itself is perfection. So when we strive for something that's not obtainable, which is the sense of perfection in any other space, then we are already perfect in all of our imperfections, imperfections, and all of our flaws and all of our, and I love that Brene Brown says, surround yourself with the people that, not, that don't love you in spite of your flaws and weaknesses, love you because of them. Because when we recognize that as flawed, imperfect human beings, that's the perfection of life, we start to then show up and let go of, because I ask myself every day, especially when the question comes up, who do I think I am, which is a big one, who do I think I am, you're not, enough. then I'm like, who am I not to, if this is something that I feel needs to be communicated, it needs to be talked about, if I don't step up, who's going to today? If I don't have the conversation this morning about imposter syndrome, who's having it? And the thing is, is I don't care because for my tribe here, this is a conversation that felt like we needed to lean into that. Right. And so I think about when that imposter syndrome shows up and Jason, to your point, when we don't start things because we're so fearful, we won't get it right. What's that ultimately costing us? And what's that costing the people that need that wherever you're at in your journey wherever as shit storm as it might seem right now as the heavy as the trials and tribulations and somebody needs you right now and here's the thing you don't have to have it all figured out it's one of the biggest things i've learned as a coach and as an entrepreneur you don't have to have it all figured out all you need to be is one step ahead of the people that you're lifting up behind you and i think about that many of you have been with me for a while and you know i get really wide open and transparent about my own failures, about my own challenges I'm going through, about the shit storms throwing, showing up. And I share those because all I need to be is one step ahead of where you are to help you move into your next level as well. It's why I keep playing with my teachers and my mentors. And it's why I shift some of them from times. I don't always work with the same people because you outgrow people at times. That's okay. And when you know that where you're at right here, right now on this journey, that is perfect. And someone, some people need you right now. You start to show up from a space of responsibility instead of a space of questioning. What if I'm not enough? What if I don't get it right? What if I say the wrong things? Yes. And at least you're showing up because the choice is nothing happens when you don't show up. Yeah, you're going to get your, you're going to fail. You're going to get your ass kicked if you get in the arena and show up. And that's, that's it. You're either, you either show up and know you're going to get your ass handed to you and you're going to get knocked down and you're going to get kicked in the arena or you don't show up and you miss the opportunity to serve and put your light in the world. And that's it right that's the choice and where you get to say what's the opportunity cost in either side of those spaces Uh, Deborah I have a natural genius with several things I still need to practice absolutely I also agree with that falling on your worlds of oh I'm just naturally gifted at this and not honing your craft not sharpening the saw is also a selfish space because you're not continuing to grow you're not continuing to be even better in that space and you're putting out a a, a semi diminished light for other people that need you to be at your highest and best capacity Um, my brother told me in college that there's always someone smarter than you yep made me remember to not compare my grades. Yep, it's why I look for communities of people that are always smarter than me. I don't I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I want to surround myself with people that are far more advanced than me. Because here's the thing, you become the people that you surround yourself with. And if I want to level up, if I want to grow my game, then I sure as hell do not want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the dumbest person, so I can be wide open to see what's possible to lift up my game. It's one of the reasons why I did Brendan Bouchard's mastermind. Holy crap. I was like, here compared to some of the, the players in that group. And I'll tell you what, one of the best things I ever did. It's why I'm part of the EBC, the Evolutionary Business Council. It's that space of surrounding myself with people that's game is better than mine, people that have been out there crushing it and, and doing it on a level that I'm like, man, yes, because I can learn from them. I can see what's possible. So I personally, the more I feel the imposter syndrome, the more I put myself in spaces to actually feel stupid so that I can get what I need to hone that craft so that I can get what I need to level up. Um, Because the best way to mitigate that imposter syndrome is go do what you need to go seek the education, to go put yourself in the arena, to go ahead and say, you know what, I know I'm going to fall. And the only way I'm going to learn is to put myself out there, to show up. out in the best way I possibly can and guess what if I fail simply means there's either a gap between a and b for where I want to go or I'm doing the wrong thing and I need to redirect or I don't know my full potential capacity and capabilities and I need to break through so that I can see what's possible that's it that's all failure is it's just a teacher It is just a teacher, it's just feedback. And so for me, whenever the imposter syndrome is showing up now, I immediately say, how can I fail today? How can I put myself in the arena and get my behind handed to me? Because it's the only way I'm gonna get past, because otherwise what happens is I wanna get in the fetal position, I wanna curl up in a ball and I wanna be like, I don't wanna play, it's too scary. And so you have a choice. Are you gonna show up or are you gonna cop out? There's, There's like no in between. You're either gonna be in the arena you're either going to show up, you're either going to say, you know what, I'm being called to do this. And am I always going to get it right? No. I talked to a leader yesterday who had a situation with an employee where she's like, Oh, I wish I could take that back. I apologize. She was so gracious right now. What do I do? I said, you play the scenario one more time over in your head and you now visualize the outcome that you wanted and you let it go. And then you tell yourself, you know what? I was human and I learned, I learned something today. I don't like the way I showed up with that employee. So now I'm gonna file that I wanna show up differently and be more present. Great, thank you for the learning opportunity. File that out and then move on. You're human, you made a mistake. It happens, if you're showing up, you are going to make a mistake, you are going to fail and I need you to understand that. And it is the most powerful way to destroy the noise when it comes to um, the imposter syndrome. So hopefully that gives you guys some uh, food to chew on. Man, I got a little fired up as usual this morning, Um, but thinking um, that we really needed to talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome. And like I said, I'm gonna get into more about um, how I made the decision to transition, uh, what that story looks like, some of the things that for some of you that have been waffling on that line, good morning, Melinda, that have been kind of hanging out on either side of that line. how do, you, how do you manage that, right? Uh, Winnie, what if instead of who do I think I am, we asked what part of me is the gift from God that have has been given to explore, share, and shine light on? Ooh, I love that. Yes. It's not about who am I or who do I think I am. It's about what gifts have I been given to put in the world. I love that because every one of us, here's the thing. If you have a fire in you about something, if something is, you're constantly thinking about it, you're speaking about it, you're dreaming about it, you have been imparted with a gift and it may just be your unique voice to share that message. And so I love the way that when he says that, what if instead of who do I think I am, we asked what part of me is the gift from God I have been given to explore, share and shine light on. I love that. What a beautiful way to close today. Think about that. What. What part of you is the gift from God? What is your role? And, and the thing is, as many of you have seen me, there's times that things just fly out of my mouth. It's not me. I am just a vessel. I know that me showing up, I will be given what I need um, to share the message that is most meaningful in that moment, to connect. And it's it's about that space of presence. And when you get present with yourself first, when you acknowledge that you in, in your entirety are already the gift, you are the perfect gift you there is no other person like you in the world and right now in this time in history you were you needed to be in the world you you in your entirety and so yes what part of that is the gift that you get to share you get to explore you get to shine light on uh, when you stand in that and acknowledge that, just a powerful space. Winnie, thank you so much. That's beautiful. I love that. So I want you all to recognize you're already perfect in all of your imperfections. I want you to realize that you are the gift and that if something is calling to you, it's calling to you for a reason. And nobody, nobody can put your unique voiceprint on it but you. And that's that's just the reality of it so hopefully that um, good morning Alyssa welcome um, sometimes through life's path the part of me to shine shifts absolutely I love that we do we create those shifts where where we play isn't always the same thing I've got some shifts going on in terms of even who my audience is who's my who right um the shifts are so powerful yes hugs back to you too Vinny. so I want you to think about that I want you to think about if you're getting caught up in the whole um imposter syndrome first and foremost step through that it's breathing through that fear it's acknowledging okay what is holding me back and go in and like seize that full force and say, great, I might fall down, but that's the best lesson I could get. Awesome. And recognize that it's not about who do you think you are? It's about what part of you is the gift that gets to share, explore, shine that light on others. And when you show up, because the ultimate, the ultimate space is: are you willing to show up? Or are you going to cop out. And so when you show up, when you show up, you're able to serve and you take that personal responsibility inside that space. So with that, everybody, I love this. I love the conversation. Thank you so much. Well, all right, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can also find me out in the socials. In the meantime, remember, say yes to yourself, Destroy the noise getting in your way and live your life aligned as fuck. This is Candy Barone and I will catch you next time.